Welcome to Beyond Humanity, brought to you by HiveOne.net. With us today is Matt Reddy, host of the Mindful Activist webcast, published author of Revolutionary Mindfulness, and a hospital commissioner in Jefferson County, Washington. He's an amateur ufologist, creator of HiveOne.net, and a philosopher. I'm Margaret Howe, product manager of New Perspective, LLC. In the Beyond Humanity podcast today, we'll explore the possibilities and implications of artificial intelligence and alien life for human evolution, identity, and destiny. We want to invite anyone on Earth, humans, aliens, reptilian, AI, interdimensional beings, and met fans. We are sponsored by the Sisterhood of the Forktongue Worm. Matt, today you said you had some super geniuses of the day. Who are they? Okay. Uh super geniuses of the day sorry I, i'm a little distracted i have to apologize to the twitter space audience because i didn't uh unmute my microphone quite for the full intro so they've you know for people in the future who are tuning in they didn't get your wonderful full intro to the beyond humanity episode so i apologize for that um okay super geniuses of the day I mean, I'm a little hesitant because I don't totally, uh, I have some mixed feelings about one of them. I mean, I have mixed feelings about both of them. And they're very on the fringe of the woo of the UFO alien world. Um, you know what? And, and I'm just going to like, can I just like give an intro to both of them before I name them? That way it doesn't like... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I've come to the personal realization that we have to think telepathy might be real. That, I mean, it seems, I mean, not only the, the realization that, of course, that non-human intelligence on earth is real. That is like, if you're looking at the evidence, it seems undoubtedly there is a ton of evidence that that is the case. A ton of, ton of circumstantial and really credible testified to evidence that's one level but the level after that is it seems if that's true then telepathy might definitely be true and if telepathy really is a true thing it might be something some humans can do or can do with practice or with technology and so and i think it's probably true that it's it's possibly, I mean, I, I've come to the conclusion through my own personal meditation practice that it seems there's there's doorways through a meditation practice that if I was way more open-minded to telepathy being possible, I think I'm starting to understand how someone might go through those doorways. And then if you can achieve telepathy and there's aliens in our universe, then that means there's millions of possible... Oh, hey, someone just dropped into Twitter space. Hello. Hey, we're just... Hello. Are you phone? Hey, we're doing a... We're recording a show. Where We're in... Well, I'm in Washington State. Where are you from? Oh, I'm from Islamabad, uh, Pakistan. Hmm. Are you happy to join our UFO and alien recording podcast right now? Yes. Awesome. Awesome. What you're talking about? Well, I was sharing the uh, genius 
of the day or the geniuses of the week. And I was uh, giving an intro to them. I haven't named them yet. I was just saying, building up to revealing the two geniuses of the day. And uh, yeah. Okay, you were talking about telepathy. I'm not understanding you. So... Okay. Well, we were talking about telepathy. And if aliens are real, um, then it seems that telepathy must be or might be real. And so I was talking about how someone might figure out through meditation how to have telepathic connections with aliens. And then I was going to reveal the two geniuses of the day who both seem to claim that they have telepathic communication with aliens. Do you believe that uh, the alien exists? Yeah. What do you think, Margaret? Do you agree? The aliens exist? Yes. That's why I'm here. Yep. What do you think? Uh, are you, uh, you can, you can say, uh, convince me that the aliens exist. Uh, I don't think so uh, that the aliens exist. You don't think so? Well, uh, you know, uh, I'm a Muslim. Uh, what I uh, say, I will talk uh, uh, in the context of Islam. Uh, I tell you that uh, there are some uh, uh, species of Almighty Allah, like uh, we can say it's, uh, uh, we say jinn, and uh, uh, angels. Yeah, definitely. We've we've actually really considered that before. Yeah. That um, some, you can say angels. If you say they mm -hmm. they are aliens, uh, yes, they are not. Uh, you can say uh, human beings. And uh, one more species, uh, we say it in Islam, jinn. Other than this, uh, uh, I don't have any information or knowledge. But these two things, we can, uh, you can say, make it in a definition of alien. Yeah, we've, uh, we've been talking about jinn um, and angels and demons as a possible another word for whatever the non-human intelligence on earth is it seems it seems that uh i'd really love to understand more about the jinn and for instance have you personally ever like encountered one or known anyone that encountered a jinn or angel yes it's another interesting question uh i myself haven't encountered this but I have uh, full, you can say, belief uh, on these two things as a Muslim. And uh, there is a place in uh, Saudi Arabia uh, that is called uh, uh, a jinn place. Or uh, there are some, you can say, uh, things happen uh, uh, unnaturally, uh, un you can say, not in a uh, you can say in a normal way or normal behavior. 
Furthermore, there are angels. Uh, we have uh, our full belief as a Muslim uh, that they exist and they have their duties. Uh, Allah Almighty has given to them and they are performing their duties. And uh, this is what, if you say that those are aliens, uh, yes, you can say it, but they exist here in, on the earth and also uh, outside the earth. And what uh, uh, I would like to listen you, both of you, then I will speak uh, something else. Excellent. Um, could I ask one question? You mentioned, was that in Saudi Arabia or did you say South Arabia that this gin place was? I didn't quite understand that part. Yes, yes. Uh, you can uh, Google it. And uh, you can Google the gin. And uh, I'm not, uh, uh, I don't, uh, it's not coming in my mind, the English of gin. Uh, but you can Google it. Okay. Just speak. I Google it and then inform you. Thank oh. you. Okay. Wonderful. Thank you. Um, I linked to you, Matt, um, Wadi Al Jin or and Wadi Al Baidai. I'm not sure if I'm saying that correct. Okay. Um, our places in Saudi Arabia, uh, where people talk, and apparently it's actually in the scripture. Uh, is it in the in the scripture? Uh, yeah, I believe. Ofeker, Ofeker. Um, Based on my research, there's definitely mentions, um, but we can come back to that. I could continue the genius of the day, um, the telepathy connection. Mm -hmm. And I really like, that was a wonderful like uh, exploration. Um, so I really appreciate having someone join the show for a little bit and share their thoughts. That's great. Um, okay, so I was talking about, it seems to me that if aliens of some sort, non-human intelligence are real, then telepathy couldn't quite likely be real. There are many stories of aliens using telepathy and explaining that it works. And then there's also throughout ufology, there's many, many stories of people claiming telepathic connection, communication with aliens, or remote viewing is another thing that Everyone, even Lou Elizondo, has a connection to remote viewing. That is, he has never explained which, but he did clearly acknowledge it to be a part of his life. And I think that's probably one of the reasons Lou Elizondo is still a little controversial. But in any case, the two people I want to mention are Stephen Greer and uh, Elizabeth April. And... They are, I, I first encountered Elizabeth April on the Danica Patrick show. Danica Patrick did an interview with her. And, and, and in fact, Danica Patrick has also had Stephen Greer on. So mm -hmm. Danica Patrick, she might be an interesting, I, I think she is like onto something. She's had very, very interesting people on. And when I listened to her interview with Elizabeth April, it blew my mind because Elizabeth April was just like, yeah, aliens are real. And she knows a lot about them because she claims she telepathically travels and communicates with aliens. And I've listened to, you know, a, a couple hours at least of her stuff. And it is a consistent narrative. It makes a lot of sense. 
They sound like genuine conversations. If she's making it all up, she is a creative genius because it really is helpful to have a great coherent narrative of what someone thinks is going on. I mean, she even names celebrities that and says they're reptilians. I mean, she is, she just, wow. she knows what she knows and she claims she gets it all from her own telepathy and travel. So anyways, fascinating person and seems like a wonderful, seems like a nice human being. But, you know, and so anyways, and then Stephen Greer, everyone knows Stephen mm -hmm. Greer because he's massively controversial in the UFO alien community. And the reasons for that are very complex and go over many decades because the guy's been around a really long time. But I listened to his guided meditation, which is what he claims a practice that helps you telepathically communicate with aliens. And I've been meditating for many years off and on i wrote a book about it so i was very comfortable just sitting down to let stephen greer do a guided meditation and i honestly have to say one it's like the best guided meditation i've ever encountered it is so rational and safe he's not trying to force anything into your brain he's not trying to force any ideas he just takes you on a journey where you get to telepathically talk to aliens but it's up to you whether they actually speak and whether you actually hear them and converse with them he just basically takes you all the way to the doorway and it's so both he and elizabeth april do this with people they try to teach them how to meditate how to um and they both apparently seem like in my mind if if any of this is real we have to start figuring out who are going to be guides to help us navigate this crazy world and i want to put those two names forward as two living people i mean maybe the dalai lama or maybe there's other meditators in eastern i don't know but i have i have like i'm wary of any organized religion personally well uh, i'm not sure why religion is so against it because that's basically what you're doing in prayer is you're opening a channel to god right you're you're you know anything that you hear and you know scriptures talk about um you know receiving communication from god i don't understand why it's so controversial right the basic concept of telepathy and really meditation is just a form of prayer prayer is meditation you know um those things don't seem like they should be so uh mutually exclusive right yeah <clears throat> i mean and a lot of the scripture stories talk about you know god revealing things to people and it's not in ways that other people can see or hear right uh oh are you leaving crypto voxels or are you still there no, i'm still there i'm just okay. putting my avatar back on to the video show what was elizabeth's last name i missed elizabeth april april there we go yeah um and, and you met her on the danica patrick show yeah her that was my first interview introduction to her it's a nice hour-long interview i mean i think to really give someone a shot if they can sit down for a an extended hour for an hour-long interview you tend to get a sense of whether they you know you can get a sense of what they're about 
Absolutely. I mean, I think I just found it. Uh, I do have some critique of Stephen Greer just as a meditator. Um, I think it was a, you know, I think it, I would really like his guided meditation, but not with his voice. Like, I think the content, like, and I think that's part of, you know, probably why, you know, he might rub someone the wrong way. It's like, if you're going to be like, really like, uh, you know, I don't know. It's just like uh, having other people speak and not have it always be your voice can be good. That's all. That's a suggestion. I mean, his voice is not like Kennedy's voice, <laughs> but I, I get what you're saying that uh, after a while it can be a bit, um, it's not as so soothing for meditation, <laughs> right? Well, you know, <clears throat> it's just like uh, some people, but I do feel like both of them, I would love to have both of them on a panel. I would, and mm -hmm. then, you know, I mean, then there's more than them that I think there's a lot of people that claim to have telepathic communication with aliens. And if the aliens are not going to land on the White House lawn or land in Port Townsend, Washington, and come out and start establishing diplomatic relations, then these telepathic communicators are our channel to talk to the aliens. Um, and so, like, why not give them a shot and actually bring them here and let's talk to them? Let's. I'd like to ask some live questions. I mean, Elizabeth April apparently hosts things with her people and she sits there and talks to aliens and talks to people the way and there are people through history that have done this like uh and one really famous old one is helena blavatsky the founder of theosophy uh she had um some legendary telepathic connection with aliens and she wrote these massive books that she claims were communicated to her from aliens you know when you look at a lot of the scriptures that have been written, they have been written because the person believes they are being communicated to, right? Uh, like the whole Book of Mormon is supposedly channeled fr from God, right? And if you just look at um, gods, angels, jinn, all of those things as beings that we don't really understand, that are non-human, right? Really, what is the difference? Why, why do we get so caught up in, in labeling them alien or gods, right? <clears throat> we pretty much you get this phenomena seems to be pretty universal that people communicate with things that are not human, right? Yeah, well, that's... Uh, you're, make, you're making me realize that's the big difference between what uh, like North American culture has done with aliens versus other cultures. Like the way you they don't make they don't let us uh, in our and I guess it's like in the Christian world they they have you not talk about aliens because they make they stigmatize it as a joke and they laugh at you mm -hmm. if you bring it up. But if you take if jinn are real. And you take them seriously as your culture, then you—it's not a laughing matter. It's totally inappropriate to laugh at someone talking about what a jinn is or did, or because it, that'd be as—it's like laughing at something as serious as God or the devil or any other supernatural thing that really exists. It's not a joking matter, but in the in our world, it's a 
it's uh you're laughed at you're told that's a joke or i guess the other side of that is you're told it's the most important evil powerful thing on earth and you your life will be ended if you share what you know and and break you know the secret so it's like it's either a total joke and we laugh at you or it's the most serious your life is on the line topic on earth there is no in between but that's what the jinn are the jinn are in between they're they're a real thing it's not a laughing matter but maybe they're not the most important thing or most powerful thing in the universe, even though some people want to treat them that way. And that's basically part of the mess we're in. There's mm -hmm. some species of alien that is, you know, now that I think about it, that would be a really interesting distinction between non-human intelligence, non-human intelligence that is on earth and hidden is Jin versus non-human intelligence that comes from another planet is Anunnaki. Like uh, that's that literally what Anunnaki means is from another planet, mm -hmm. and so, but I mean, anyways, it does, I do think there's Jin, and I think there it, there seems to be a lot of evidence there is Anunnaki and there's Jin, and um, or there is non-human intelligence that's very powerful off Earth that can probably travel between galaxies, or because they seem to have, and, and then there's non-human intelligence hidden on Earth that you know, doesn't, it's not the most powerful thing in the universe, more powerful than us, the United States, perhaps, but just, you know, a big fish in a small pond here on earth, you know. Well, and even the Quran has a concept outside of jinn and outside of angels uh, that like corresponds to the biblical Nephilim, that Jabarin, Jabarin, I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, um, the Hebrews call it gibberim, um, that they're possibly a giant race. So definitely something else that's not human, right? Um, in all the major religions, there are all kinds of references to beings that are not human, right? Whether they are gods, whether they are angels or fallen angels or demons, or just playing out other species, <laughs> right? Um, and we get so caught up in rejecting the idea of aliens, but if we just looked at it as other species, and I, I, I do like that when Grush came forward as a whistleblower, he said non-human entities and non-human biologics, right? Because um, we don't really know what they are, right? We don't know where things are from, but we, I mean, if you look at it from that perspective, there should be a lot more unity on this issue. There's so much argument and naysaying saying, I don't believe in aliens, but if you just look at what the word alien means mean, as non-human, almost everybody could start agreeing on that. Yeah. I like how David Grush said, uh, it opens the aperture you know it's just you just got to open the it's sort of like just like that discussion that we just had with our drop-in guest a moment ago where he was talking about oh well if you're gonna say aliens are jinn then okay it was like there there we solved the problem of communicating across cultures by just agreeing alien and jinn are the same thing and angels like now we can just talk about them just like and I wouldn't it be amazing to know in that's what I was trying to ask him, like, have you actually encountered 
a jinn or angel or known anyone because that's when it starts to get interesting has your have you ever known a village that has an agreement with a jinn or and it sounds like he was naming a spot that that might be the case like he's like yeah there's jinn land it's just like there's jinn town you go down there and we have the same thing in uh skinwalkers in navajo mm -hmm. lands i'm hearing that that's very it's sort of like yeah you want to you want to see the invisible beans you go to the skinwalker land of navajo and my you know well and the belief is that uh they can be in almost any form they can be in animals they can be in humans they can be in a rock um but yeah there actually is a place in saudi arabia where people believe that the jinn are very present. Um, so yeah, wouldn't it be fascinating to go there, right? Yeah. I mean, it would be fascinating to communicate with non-human intelligence, whether you would do that by going somewhere physically or telepathically. You know, it's just like, as long as, I mean, the danger, well, I mean, there's danger to that. There's danger mm -hmm. to that concept. That's why I think this is such a mind-melding, disturbing concept. It's not... I don't even think it's aliens are real. That's not the difficult thing. Everyone pretty much says in the trillions of trillions of stars in our universe, everyone says, oh yeah, of course they're real. It's very different to say they're real and they're possibly in your head. That's like different. That's a different level of real. And it's a very, that's why people have, that's why people get afraid and jump scare when something suddenly yeah. appears right in front Middle of Middle school girl sleepovers playing with the Ouija board. <laughs> What, what is on the other side of that, right? That's, uh, again, a form of meditation and communication, right? And lots of jump scares certainly happen there, right? Yeah. Um, but again, we, we stigmatize those things so harshly, right? When so many people are experiencing parts of that phenomena. And just really, we get so caught up in labels. If we just put it all in one big melting pot and said, yeah, we agree, there's something else besides us, then it'd be a lot easier to discuss and explore, right? Yeah. And I mean, I'm jealous of a culture that I'd like to be able to go to the dinner table and be like, hey, you know what? It uh, looks like the other people on earth are starting to realizing gin are real. We've mm -hmm. been known this forever. Hey, can you get your buddy, the gin on the phone and let's uh, see what they're going to do about this? Because, I mean, there's got to be something going on behind the scenes. What do the gin want? What do the And that's interesting that it said there's gin and angels. Is that basically that he's saying Anunnaki? Like, is it there's Anunnaki are the off world aliens that he's calling angels and gin are the on world aliens that in Christianity, maybe they call demons and the fallen angels yeah yeah and isn't it interesting that parallel that the jinn can possess a person and in catholicism we have you know demon and uh fallen angel angel possessions with exorcisms and processes to get people out of that scenario right yeah. um so yeah there's lots of of correlations there um yeah, I wish he had stayed to talk some more, right? It's hard when someone comes in and says, convince me. 
right? That's it's not really what our show is about. We're not right. Any of anything. We yeah. agree. I mean, he already believed in Jin. We it was like there was no convincing. We right. were, we really just uh, were talking about Jin and aliens interchangeably immediately, and he already believes in the Jin part. So I think it might have been you know that might have been something for him to think about. But hopefully he got his answer before he left. <laughs> yeah. Plus it's recording. We're recording. He could always come back yeah. and listen to it. And, yeah, exactly. It uh that was fascinating. So when you meditated with uh the Stephen Greer technique, did you feel like you got in contact with anyone or did you just feel peaceful? Nope. I felt no contact with anyone in some unusual way. I mm -hmm. felt uh, but because I've realized that on that one, on that uh, college volleyball trip that I might have mentioned before, where I had a strange, seemingly definite telepathic-like experience in my brain, mm -hmm. I now have one point of reference where I know how blatant and strong it can be uh, to get direct communication so I have my eyes open for that whenever I'm meditating but then in addition to that I also have the normal what I was I have always assumed is the normal level of talking and voices in my brain at all times and uh, I don't know do you have that when you don't talk uh my brain is is very very busy I find meditation really difficult because it just doesn't shut off right uh, <laughs> um and, and you know conversations with myself and sometimes even like at night when I'm uh trying to go to sleep I hear conversations from the day that I've had right so my mind replays things replay in other people's voices right so there's always kind of a, a audible din going on <laughs> It sounds crazy to say that, but that's how my brain works. <laughs> no, it's not crazy at all. That's why it's wonderful to talk to someone else about what's going on inside mm -hmm. your mind with, you know, and that's why it's it's really nice to find someone that has spent enough time inside their own brain mm -hmm. to be able to actually give any genuine helpful guidance. I do have an early uh, childhood religious experience that uh, very clearly had communication from someone. At oh, the time, I labeled it as God, but who knows, right? Well, tell us the uh, details. It's pretty personal. Um, I'll try to be brief. To I'll, I'll try to be brief. I, uh, um, My birth mom was mentally ill, and I went into foster care at age six, and I was distraught about who was going to care for her. And every night when I got to my alone space, I would cry and I'd try to pray to God, you know, to help her, to help me and, uh, you know, felt lost basically. And, um, couple weeks in all of a sudden a voice popped in and said, someone has been born for you. There's someone for you. Don't worry. Like. And I felt like a very warm presence, a very loving presence, um, a very uh, parent type of presence. I was very comforted. And for the next like 
six years at night, I would go and pray and I would feel that presence there when I prayed that everything's okay. And, and then when I hit puberty, it went away. I stopped having that presence. So interesting religious experience. I definitely, uh, felt like there was something outside of me. There's something that is not part of me. Right. And I framed it in religion, right. At the time, um, and up until my 30s, I really uh, framed it as that, as a religious God experience. But I don't really have any evidence that it was God, per se, right? Never said, I am God. This is God talking to you. <laughs> like, you know, uh, that's just my assumption of, well, who else would it be when I was a little kid, right? Um, so that's very very interesting experience and the day that that happened coincidentally is the day that my husband was born whoa they literally the same day same day how is that for weird experiences <laughs> so my husband is six and a half years younger than i am hmm. very, very yeah very bizarre but I, I kept very close track of the day, right? Someone was born, to, some, you know, someone was born today. Huh. Yeah. And when I met my husband, I had no idea when his birthday was. I didn't know for months, really, in my friendship with him. That is so cool. Yeah, it was, it was very odd, very bizarre. And, and even when I found out his birthday. I didn't put it together, right? I was a grown up. I wasn't looking for that anymore. When I was a kid, I used to ask people, when's your birthday? <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, little baby here. When's his birthday? When's her birthday? <laughs> you know, I'd be like a, a babysitter, you know, like age 10 or 11, right? And it grew, you know, family group. I'm like, okay, five kids here. When's your birthday? When's your birthday? <laughs> Yeah. <clears throat> uh, but definitely, you know, because of that experience, that opened my mind to the idea that there has to be something that's not us, something outside of our own experience, right? So, uh, you know, I'd hear stories of Joan Arc or whatever, and I'd be like, yeah, well, somebody talked to me. Like, there's, you know, <clears throat> um, and, you know, I'd want to be. And it would happen anytime I prayed, even like, uh, it didn't have to be at night. Uh, it could be in math class <laughs> or whatever <laughs> as a little kid. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I definitely felt a, a, a presence. Um, and what is that? Who knows? How, how would I know? How do people know that it's aliens? Do the aliens identify themselves? Sometimes, right? Sometimes people say, I talked to Raziel, the arch you know, Archangel Michael, or, you know, um, Mary, when she was told she's having a baby, and her cousin, both of them, the angel identified themselves, right? Huh. But <clears throat> in the stories of the Bible... 
right? Uh, but this presence never identified themselves. I, you know. So very, very interesting. Um, and, you know, like some religions are like, you need to pray in a certain way. You need to say our father or, you know, God, or you know, like some religions have very particular ways of praying. It didn't matter, uh, you know, for me. Didn't matter what I said, <clears throat> just as long as I was in that mindset that, okay, I'm praying now. <laughs> hmm. Right. Um, but as an adult, nope. Um, it, it doesn't work at all now? Doesn't work at all now. I get nothing, right? Very, very, very interesting. But I mean, I remember it. I've, you know, tried to study it and, you know, look at what other people's experience with prayer are and meditation, right? Uh, but, you know, maybe I just have such a hard time getting to a place of quiet as an adult, right? Maybe my brain just is too noisy. I don't know. It's a lot easier as a kid. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got, <clears throat> I've been, um, I, I built a, uh, a meditation spot in my, uh, on my property. I, I mean, mm -hmm. I've tried to build it in several different locations in Port Townsend, mm -hmm. Um trying to figure out like the perfect place to sit perfect for back support perfect for like what I'm facing and it's it's like uh but and I think I've like come up with something and I've really got a great spot now in my um right you know in the back corner of my yard and uh, it's really nice to have something that close to the house I used to when I lived at a community I built one sort of in the woods of the community um, and it was great because it was like a, I could walk out this five minute walk into the woods right there and sit and meditate and for an hour. And it was just like it was so great to be able to quickly have it. But then people got upset with me that I made the spot in the woods and then we had to leave the community. Not in all. Those are not all like connected dots. But <laughs> well, now you have a private place where you can't be like interrupted. That's that's a huge positive versus you know somebody might be walking by or whatever yeah in other locations yeah the anxiety we have from other people being nearby is incredibly powerful mm -hmm. yeah even if they're quiet even even if they're just passing it's it can be super super distracting right yep oh yeah so have you, you've been following Greer's techniques. Have you done it like on his scheduled days, his scheduled days? Nope. I've just okay. listened to his guided meditation maybe four times mm. over the last, I don't know, a couple months. I just did it again today, but I very quickly stopped listening to what the voice is saying. Um, I even slowed him down to like 0.25 speed. So I, that way, you know, he couldn't, um, I mean, it was just like one, he was just talking a little too much. You don't mm -hmm. need someone in your head every second telling you a new idea. Really, you could have one every few minutes and it would be plenty of entertainment and stimulation. And But, you know, that's one of the weird things about the meditation world is you're either taught sit there in total silence, bored out of your mind for an hour or 
sit there while I talk every few seconds and dominate your mind like a hypnotist. Those are the only two choices. And it's like the in-between is where you can actually like find interesting things and not be suffocated by another human being. What about music? Have you tried music? Oh yeah, music, definitely. Music is a great, especially music that just occasionally might even have some words and meaning and then goes back to music and dance and then movement. But it's like, it really, it's like talking should be just not really part, but you could have signs, you know, you could have visual signs in case you need to communicate. Like, like uh, it's just like the, you don't have to be sitting there in the dark, choked on silence versus, you know, having to listen to some you know some person hear their voice because it's like you're just like it's too safe a space because it doesn't it's, it's so easy to ruin a safe meditative space when some guy comes in and goes ah okay <laughs> yeah let's do an poem together oh i have to share this poem with you oh goodness this morning ah. <laughs> it's just like you're done it destroys it destroyed everything. Everything you built that had to do with God is ruined by this, you know, this guy's silky smooth voice, which he's used so many times to teach the world he's good. Or it's or, or I mean, I've encountered also like the uh over zealous um as one person who's like in the middle of like this silent dance, just yelling out like yes we we can have it all or like, just like <laughs> we can, it's all ours uh, or like can you feel it oh goodness um, it's like like yeah it's just like the things people do when they you find that you create these sacred amazing spaces and then it's like there'll be like a hundred people in like enlightened bliss but then one ego is like i must fill this space with all that i have to share with the world <laughs> it it happens in churches too right it's <laughs> yeah <laughs> just that that random amen or hallelujah hallelujah <laughs> yeah and that's literally that same concept of I I just need someone to acknowledge me this moment or something. I don't know. Yeah. And then, but, you know, the opposite of that, though, is like going to a concert or a ball game where you are you're allowed and welcome to yell and express mm -hmm. at the loudest you can. And I like that also. I just don't think they're the same thing. Right. Not right. The and the people are like, we're at a ball game <laughs> now because we're in silence and you're all quiet to pay attention to me. Yeah. Just like, you know, I want it to be a size of a stadium there and the distance to be that so that if they're yelling or whatever, I want them to be like tiny and small and far away. Or just part of a general background noise, right? Yeah. When, when you get there, it's like the background noise is just kind of static, right? Yeah, that's, that's too funny. Uh, I am so curious, you mentioned earlier about uh, Elizabeth April saying that some celebrities were reptilian. How does she do that without getting like libel or slander? I know. I. It's so weird. Like one, I'll name because they're dead. The mm. Queen of England, she was straight up on it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Wow. <laughs> she's even telepathically talked to the Queen of Eng England while she's been dead. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, so she, she can talk to people that are dead, too. Well, I just remember hearing her tell a story. She ran into her at uh, an event. <laughs> <laughs> the queen's just wandering around the world as a ghost attending events yeah wow. the queen said to her that she really did try to do her best while she was on earth oh <laughs> that is exactly what she would say too right like that's right. so on point for her personality because she just she is truly one of those people who just seemed so to try to be good yep right Yep. And she will talk about, I think she's sort of a, in the star seed school that some people are star seeds. Mm -hmm. And uh, if, do you, uh, shall we? Yeah, we haven't talked audience? about that or indigo children at all or anything like that. Oh, I've never uh, connected it to the indigo children thing. What if we yeah. first, we could, this could be the, uh, you know, we could always ask AI, what's a star seed? I would love to hear what AI had to say about that. What is a star seed? And is it the same as an indigo child or not? Right. Oh, well, let's just go to a little chat GPT and we'll switch our window capture from crypto voxels to chat GPT. Hey, chat GPT. I mean, again, in religions, most religions have a concept of chosen people and chosen uh you know, whether it's a whole group of people, whether it's their priest or leader or king, right? Yep. Do you want me so, to? Uh... Yeah, I'd love to hear what AI has to say about star seeds and indigo children, right? Oh, shall I just Is... uh, play it through an audio thing? Or sure. Just read it. Or you can read it, whatever is easiest well, let's, for you. Let's do the first paragraph. A starseed is a term that originates from New Age beliefs and spiritual teachings. It refers to the idea that certain individuals living on Earth have origins from other star systems, galaxies, or dimensions. Starseeds are believed to have incarnated on Earth to assist in the planet's evolution, bring higher knowledge, or help humanity in some spiritual or conscious capacity. And here are some common beliefs and traits associated with starseeds. One, soul origin. Starseeds believe their souls originated from a different star system, galaxy, or even another dimension. Feelings of not belonging. Many starseeds feel out of place, um, do not fit in with the rest of humanity. Three, higher purpose. They often believe they have a mission or a higher purpose, and I guess that's because they do. Number four, Advanced abilities. Some claim to have psychic or paranormal abilities or possess deep spiritual wisdom, such as, you know, very, I mean, it just describes like how April Elizabeth lives her life. I don't know if Stephen Greer has ever claimed or admitted that he probably see, thinks of himself as a starseed. I've heard him say he thought he had super higher purpose. Um, and I'm not questioning that. He does seem to be, you know, right on the cusp of the most important topic in human history. So he's in with the most important stuff. But anyways, more on starseeds. Mm -hmm. uh, advanced abilities. Five, interest in the cosmos. Some, uh, many starseeds have a fascination with space stars and otherworldly topics. Maybe drawn to sci-fi or metaphysical topics. Six, dreams and memories. 
Some report having dreams, visions, or memories of other worlds, lifetimes, or extraterrestrial encounters. And I have to guarantee if I had any of that, I would be, it would really affect me. <laughs> um, and number seven, different types of starseeds. There are different types of starseeds based on the supposed place of origin, such as Pleiadian, Syrian, Arcturian, and more. It's worth noting, blah, blah, blah. This is all nonsense. That's what ChatGPT likes to say at the end of these things. <laughs> um, I'm going to ask it, tell me about these different types of star seeds, uh, just to get some details. Because I've heard of, uh, and have you heard of um, draconians? Yes, yes. Draconians are in a lot of uh, mythology. Yeah, so it's interesting that dra draconians are not one of these star seeds. I'm just going to ask. Um, are there draconian star seeds? Because it seems to me, um, I'm hearing the draconians are basically the ones that founded our civilization and created this mess of corporations that we have right now. It's, it's their preferred structure of controlling society. And so, and they're well, also- Aren't they supposed to be like violent, aggressive reptilians? Well, they are, I'm getting the impression, they're just, you know, pure corporatists. They mm. just- don't care about anything except money and what you do in a corporation. It's just a game to them. You know, it's just like, how do you get more money and power? And in a, it's like a game of monopoly. It's just a big game of monopoly of them. And in monopoly, you don't, your goal is to wipe out everyone else. They don't, that is what they believe is the way it works. They're just jerks. Um, and so I don't I, even. Yeah. We use that in language you know meaning that someone is uh, harsh or strict or severe in their leadership style right uh, yeah, it's, it's just being a gamer i mean if you play a video game mm -hmm. you're not immoral because you slaughter your opponents it's just right. part of the game <laughs> that's a great way to refer to a corporatist <laughs> yeah they're just gamers they, i mean i think the main thing is is that they don't believe in god they have to be basically because they don't, they only believe in authority. Like mm -hmm. they believe if you have more power than them and can punish them for something they do, they will believe in you because they're just pragmatic. They don't, they absolutely don't believe there's some special God watching. Well, see, that's the, that's actually where it starts to get interesting. If you believe the jinn are real and are watching and can see anything you do, then you would at least not want to upset the jinn, even if you <sighs> yeah. aren't nice. Yeah, right. the concept that you're always being watched is such an intrinsic part of religion. Isn't that interesting when you think about that? Like, I, I'd like to like talk to people that weren't raised with religion to see like, does that concept exist for them? But something else, right? Like, I don't know that that external to you, Jiminy Cricket conscious uh, guilt. <laughs> I don't know what else to, to refer to it as, right? Um, but yeah, that that whole bit of telepathy, uh, if if you do something wrong, you're going to feel guilty. Is that the, the gym telling you to feel guilty? <laughs> like, because they're watching you, right? <laughs> um, <clears throat> well, I mean, I guess that's like... Um... Yeah, there's like two possibilities. If there's invisible beings, 
and one of them is the jinn which is just they're like demons they're not there's nothing necessarily good about them they're just beings but you would still have a choice of whether or not to not offend them or to make mm -hmm. them happy you could live your life trying to offend or make them happy and but then if you believe in god there's another invisible being hopefully much nicer nobler and it, kind of like the anunnaki you know we imagine these off-world beings being nowhere near as corrupt because they don't need to be they have all the power they want why would they don't need to exploit humans any, any more than you and i need to exploit some you know people in another country like or some indigenous tribe somewhere we don't have to like you know we have technology on our side of the world but anyways i mean maybe those are like hidden in the background throughout history there would be cultures who spent their effort not offending the jinn and working with the jinn and others that ignored the jinn completely well the jinn you would try to ignore the jinn but you would see them as something super evil and you would be trying to not offend this more nobler god figure does that make sense mm -hmm. so it's like there could be that could be the split like maybe in islam they they are actually trying to communicate with the Anunnaki because that's who they believe is God uh, or they believe they're trying to communicate with God and they believe the jinn are, you know, more like demons. And in Christianity, maybe, uh, maybe Christianity is actually mainly a communication with the jinn. Like maybe jinn are the, uh, are the actual heads of all Christianity. And that's sort of like the, uh, the dark secret of, uh, the difference between islam and like that's like literally maybe they see christianity as a jinn religion it's literally a religion controlled by the jinn the head of the jinn religion is the pope and it's really a just a monarch it's just a autocratic monarch this holy roman empire emperor is just a being maybe, i'm pretty sure that the muslims don't believe that like the jinn don't correspond exactly to christian demons because they can be good or bad. They're not inherently good or evil. Uh, just like people are not, you know, they, they're a whole range of things. So some of them can be, try to corrupt humans where other ones are benevolent and friendly. Um, <clears throat> yeah, when I, uh, in at university, um, I took a mythology class and like one of the first things that the professor said is, what if I told you that Satanists believe that they are worshiping God. And I was like, what? Right. So, well, some Satanists believe that their Satan is actually God and that God is Satan and that everything is upside down. <laughs> wait, wait, say, you say that again. Like, I, I was like, what? Um, in this mythology class, the professor said that some Satanists believe that they are not worshiping Satan that they are worshiping God and that somehow Satan and God have swapped places. Yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. Like, and so they would be like Christianity is, is actually worshiping the evil one, which mm -hmm. would be the monarch of the reptilian aliens. And it would be the reptilian alien monarchs patsy in the role of Pope or any of the most powerful points on earth. The president of the United States, everyone that they could control would be under the control of this reptilian monarch, probably with super telepathy. 
And then that would mean if you really wanted to have a religion that believed in God, you have to, you know, you have to have a different religion. So it could be anyone, any other religion. It could be Satanist. It could be Judeo, you know. But uh, yeah, it, and that would be, and of course, if you if your religion was based around a, a fake God, you would demonize the real God as Satan. That would be your, that's what you would do. And, and if you're real God, you would call Satan Satan and Satan would try to pretend to be you just like Loki in the movie Thor. And, uh, you know. Yeah, so it's it's interesting. Like, um, so there aren't necessarily one-to-one -one comparisons, right, of things in the different religions, but uh, some of the basic overarching concepts of there being good things and bad things and there being things that are not us you know that <clears throat> exists in in all the different religions right yeah well you know there is a way to test a religion to see if it's the good guys or the bad guys if they're worshiping satan or god how would you test that well you you have them write down 10 important values or edicts that represent their religion and we'll just start with like one true or false do you suffer a sorceress to live mm. that was the answer and we pretty much like true or false women are equal to men i mean pretty much there you find you know what if satanists are the only ones that say uh sure sorceresses and witches are fine and happy and beautiful and good then maybe they are the only valid you know religion on earth because christianity still says that in their bible they still say you know so anyways you can you tell by what do they say what are their values give us your top 10 beliefs or values and uh if it's obey authority at every turn that's one type of religion if it's like question authority at every turn and question things that's a that I would say is, you know, that's like a Buddhist, more chaotic, pagan, anarchist. Right, Eastern versus Western. Well, even a philosopher in the Western world, that's what a philosopher is, someone that will question any belief and it's, they have the right to, it's their purpose. So we have that, but we, we separate the philosopher from the spiritual leader until someone like Stephen Greer or Elizabeth April comes around and they basically become this like controversial living you know, philosophical guide through the matrix of ontological shock that is, you know, human existence. So yeah, but so which religions are actually guiding you through that and which ones are basically just a really long-winded way of saying, obey authority and do what I say, serve me, worship me, worship the authority, obey the church, obey the corporation. And that like in the the only difference, the draconians just know that all these religions are just corporations. The draconians are like, it's all a joke. There is no, in their point of view, unless maybe there is, maybe the draconians, I'd love to know which religion they actually, maybe they're Buddhists. Maybe they're, what do the draconians believe about these corporatists, these people that just like will do anything they can get away with along corporate rules because they just don't think there's ever going to be consequences and they just go on exploiting the world and kidnapping and assassinating and stealing resources 
just because might makes right. There's never going to be a consequence for them. Do they believe there is any afterlife at all or that maybe their plans never to get there? I don't know. It is interesting how there is a split between religions that your goal is to be saved and to be with your creator versus your goal is enlightenment. Right. There's <clears throat> there is a giant split in religion there. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I like your values test. That's interesting. Yeah, well, I want to make I'm pretty close to making a um, a nice matrix of big, uh, big like beliefs about the nature of the universe, aliens, UFOs, and, you know, like a list of maybe 25 really solid beliefs and then a list of people that we know you know, minds that are seem to be trying to answer these questions. And I would have Stephen Greer and Elizabeth April and and a whole set of people that claim to get their knowledge through remote viewing. And then I'd have a set of people like, you know, that are super scientific, you know, minded. And then uh, people like Elizondo and Coldheart and uh, Grush and Gr even Ryan Graves and uh, David Faber or Favor, Fravor, uh, and just see, you know, how many people on this list believe in reptilians? And but also you kind of another big question is everyone that listens, do they believe in God? It's kind of it's a really important question. Does a species believe in God and believe in freedom of religion? Um, that's a really like it really will guide us a lot to what they're like. Yeah, I wonder if there's any religions that actually just straight up believe in aliens. Besides the jinn and angels, but right. they don't seem right. to believe in the. I mean, I'd love to learn more what they actually believe because it's because it's almost like I think in the Christian religion you can say that they believe in demons, but we don't really. I was raised Catholic. We don't really believe in demons. I suppose if people were possessed, if I encountered that, I guess I might take demons more seriously. I don't know. Well, I think that's more of a Christianity from you know the late 1800s to early 1900s uh, belief system of you know fire and brimstone and you're being tempted by demons or the devil naughty children would you know <clears throat> grandparents that i have talked to you know talk about being told that they're being tempted by satan or that they made bad choices because they you know listen to the idea of demons um, I think it used to be a lot more in the Christian religion than it is now, right? Now it's much more, that was your choice to sin versus you were influenced and you succumbed to the influence. Uh, it, it is interesting because it really is uh, like uh, Christianity has warped that way a bit, right? where it's more personal now where the catholics it you know getting forgiveness because you just listened to a bad demon well that uh, <laughs> isn't as much personal blame as you made a bad decision <laughs> right <clears throat> yeah yeah totally uh i'm distracted by my like cameras no longer like tracking my avatar so now i'm just like a oh you're getting the solid avatar like i did 
it is weird yeah. like you move around and nothing happens my mouth moves but i'll just say i'm meditating now very <laughs> now i can like change my avatar to a really yeah it stopped meditate. blinking even i don't yeah, yeah. <laughs> i see you i see you are a cowboy now that's great oh and but like when you move nothing happens huh oh. and you're not you stop blinking well, my camera, it might be because I tried to run OBS Studio and it might have like interfered with the camera thing. And so now it's. Yeah, I don't know. What or, oh, it. or I did. Oh, I, no, I set it on a different virtual. Oh, now I got it. Blah, blah. Oh, you, oh, you moved. Up. You moved. Yeah, How did you okay. get it to move? I, I had it on. My camera was on my OBS Studio camera so I could show you that window. Was, oh, all right. May, maybe it's because I'm running Upwork. That might be why. Oh, no, no, no. I, I was. It was my fault. My fault. All good now. Okay, right. let's see. Where should we, uh, what should we do now? Well, we had talked about uh, our geniuses and uh, we checked in on AI. Do we have any um, calls to action for um, today? Try meditating. Yeah, how about, <laughs> you know, I mean, what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to like, um, create good virtual world meditation spots. I guess that's mm. why I was like showing, I wanted to show the uh, uh, the metaverse here. Um, Cause I'm gonna, can I do that? As I talk about, I'm gonna show. Oh yeah, that'd be great. Give us a little tour of your space. Okay, so let me just put it on to the right. Is my person in your way here? I'll step out, there we go. No, not at all. And... Change to <laughs> all right. Let me see. Did, did I get this to work yet? Turn off virtual background and bam. Not too bad. Okay. Um, and I'm in. Okay, so here we are inside. There's Itsy Boom, Margaret. This is the metaverse. And this plot of land right here that I am flying over where this uh, Antarctica map, this is owned by me. I uh, bought it a while ago, but we are in CryptoVoxels, one of the first metaverses. We're flying around up here on CryptoVoxels. And uh, the metaverse is just a virtual world, but all the data is stored on a blockchain, or a lot of it is stored on a blockchain. Ownership is controlled on a blockchain. The data might be stored in a mix of places, but it, the idea is that it's a it's a way to create a space of information and have it be a permanent sort of space where people can interact. And, and so you see my avatar and you see Margaret's avatar, but there could be a thousand people standing here. And if we go to the map, um, let's see, I think this is working. This is the map of uh, crypto voxels world. And you'll see there's this continent 
This is the first continent, origin city. And then they had just made more continents. And they can just keep on making these. There's no limit. And uh, just like in our universe, there's really no limit to how much you build. And this is, so this is an old one. We also have Utopia 42, which we can show you another time. But I'm showing you this because I'm going to turn this plot into a uh, nice meditation spot and a dialogue spot and a place where Margaret and I can host shows and uh, we can leave all sorts of information and links here up on this wall. We got, this is the latest from the front page, well, or a front page of hive1.net. And here you see, I'm talking about, uh, most of this is stuff I posted because not many people post on hive1.net. Why? Because I don't ever do marketing and uh, yeah. But anyways, and also it's not the, you know, it's a handmade social media platform. It's, uh, it could be snazzed up, but it's basically going to be, um, it's what, you know, Elon Musk is probably going to turn Twitter into. He's probably just copying us. Anyways, so this is me talking about the founding of the idea of a college of alien studies. Are you still there, Margaret? Or are you just like letting I me... am. I'm listening. I'm, okay. I'm clapping and dancing along. <laughs> okay. I just like it. <laughs> okay. So, and I have a lot of talk on here about aliens and the nature of the universe. Um, oh yeah. This is a big one. This is a big realization. Taxes. The, the I mean, one of the main things that controlling governments want to do is get taxes and get money. It's, it's what powers always want. And so, They've been using the um, uh, the the money laundering through the Pentagon and the Department of Defense as a secret way to tax the United States of America, and so the trillions of dollars that's been going into these secret un oh, not not over it's not just money being stolen by these humans bad actors, but I think we need to just recognize that's a tax. That is a tax that the aliens involved in this, whether they're Jin or Anunnaki or whatever, they see that as a as their right. They are getting that as a as in a transaction with the secret keepers embedded in our government. There's some exchange going on there. And it is just a beautiful, wonderful thing that it's a, a feed line that we can cut off. And the moment that AOC and Matt Gates and Burchett like fully identify this this line of money that goes not to these secret programs in our military but out of the US taxpayer pool into alien hands we are going to be able to cut that off completely at least you know and and it will force the aliens to do something cuz they're not going to like that it's cutting off a line of water it's there it's there they're being paid that it's like homage. You know, they think they are basically, that's their deal with humanity on earth is they get this secret hidden money channeled out of all human governments to them that they can use probably for human labor and stuff as ever they want. So if we cut that off completely, they're going to have to do something else. And they're probably going to go to Bitcoin or crypto, or they probably already are. Anyways, that's one line of thought but we're going to cut off their tax line. Yeah, that would definitely definitely help bring accountability, right? You get your money uh, 
you get your money when you tell us what the heck you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyways, it connected to this thought that I saw up here on the Hive One Wall. Either way, the controllers of people always want taxes paid. The alien secret keepers have been taxing us through shady Department of Defense programs that grift and that have grift as the ending. What you're going to do then for your kicks, if you don't get that money, steal more cow blood. That's what that's my alien joke. Anyways, <laughs> um, da, da, da. if U.S. Congress successfully exposes all illegal funding of alien or non-human control programs and cuts off funding for all such programs, how upset will the beneficiaries of that theft be? Because that's got they have to be talking about it right now. They're about to lose this wonderful source of free money. But if they negotiate a new and transparent deal with humanity, they can get a new a new deal. Anyways, um, so I'm going to create a meditation space here and and also have this have links to Utopia 42 and Hive One. Um, and we're going to have future podcasts, live events right here. And you can join us in the virtual world and we'll have it broadcast up on the, the wall here. So anyways, I just wanted to show that to people. Yeah, that's great. You actually set up an, in, uh, an event in here. Yeah, right. they have they have a nice they have a nice robust system. How are you flying? Oh, F. You hit F and you hit spacebar and you can just keep flying. Oh, interesting. Oh, and I have this focused on Antarctica here because I have some uh, thoughts about Antarctica I wanted to share. Yeah, I like how it's in the middle. So appropriate, right? And actually, you've lined it up. You've lined up the countries quite well. Yeah, I want to do a, uh, I, I was almost going to do it today, but why don't we just say, all right, I'm going to, I want to say something off the record that we're going to bleep out about our next bleep. meeting. Okay. And the secret is, I'll mute it for the Twitter space. Okay. All right. So at least Twitter space, they're not hearing this. Uh, I, I think we should say our next meeting is going to be like, at one of these little cities like the Rio Galapagos or Tierra del Fuego up here in the upper left of the screen. You see these guys? Cape Horn of uh, Strait of Magellan, or maybe even if there's any like little settlements here on this tip of the South Orkney Islands or South Shetland Islands, I think we want to say we're doing a live show and like uh, invite and pretend. And then during the show, we're both just going to have virtual backgrounds that pretend like we're in a pub at one of these places. But I just want to see how the you know the universe reacts to uh, the idea of an, a live show getting this close to Antarctica. This seems to be like you know a really key point to Antarctica. Anyways, I'll now undo the Twitter space. So anyway, so we're gonna talk about on Twitter like we're really going there. All but right. Okay. Something like that. Yeah, okay. so I guess the surprise is like the next show, I think uh, we do from a surprise location, which we don't have to announce this moment, but we'll announce it soon somehow. All right, well, we can announce it on Twitter. How far ahead can you schedule a Twitter space? Uh, I bet pretty far, but uh, yeah. So you can announce it when we schedule, when you schedule the Twitter space. Do um, you want to do that for Tuesday or Thursday of next week? Well, we could at least maybe we should make nominations. Let's nominate. Let's nominate three places. Do you have that? You okay. have any nominations? Ah, uh, I need. I need a map. 
Okay. We, well, we, we don't yeah. have to nominate now. Um, but actually, yeah, I, I'm going to nominate one. I'll nominate something that's on the map that I have on my screen here. Some Somewhere, if there is any sort of settled, maybe this Rio Galapagos, whatever. Can't really tell what that is. But uh, let me see if I look at the globe here. Can I read that? Cape Horn. Oh, I can't because I've markered over it. Anyways, it's uh, maybe I'm, uh, maybe I'll just set it as a goal. I'd like it to be a goal that we do someday a show from uh, somehow from these remote locations. Maybe we could just get someone that lives there to go live on a camera on and join our Zoom call, and we can then consider that a remote uh, connection um, to that spot. And then because uh, there's so many theories about Antarctica, it'd be fun. Just like you, like that guy that dropped into our show is interesting to just talk to him, like. Just walking into a pub. Wasn't it fun? Yeah. yeah. Just walking into a pub and seeing what people have to say, right? Or, I mean, I'd actually, that'd have to be one of my nominations. That town the guy suggested, the gin different areas. Like, if we could get someone to join us on Zoom from there, I think that would be a great, uh, another great uh, connection. And then someone, maybe someone down on a Navajo reservation, you know, the Skinwalker, maybe like, maybe that's like uh I mean, I'd also love to go to these places. Really, I would totally just fly to go to these. And, you know, do you remember, um, you know, the UFO rabbit hole podcast? Yes. And Kelly Chase, amazing mm -hmm. podcast. If you want like someone that does a really disciplined scripted show about UFOs and aliens, it's not us, but Kelly Chase does. But she was uh, helping organize a UFO convention that was going to be at a hotel near Wright-Patterson Air Force Base and something happened to prevent the entire conference from happening and the whole thing got canceled and what? yeah and it was very interesting I've never and, and Kelly just sort of posted something on Twitter that said she's no longer associated with that event and it just sort of disappeared but they they claimed that the they couldn't get insurance to use mm -hmm. the hotel near Wright-Patterson and it sounds to me like that was uh, like the powers that be around Wright Patterson, like maneuvered to prevent it from happening. Like they were really threatened by it. And maybe, and I was always curious why they were trying to have this event at the Wright Patterson Air Force Base. It was really inconvenient. It was really expensive and difficult to get to, but I was going to go. Mm -hmm. And, and so I just sort of feel like there was a, interesting power in just scheduling an event and trying to schedule an event somewhere on earth that uh is near stuff you think is important so i think like that could be um a fun that could be a fun project for our show is to try to you know have a remote uh connection um during different broadcasts you know and then we could like use the metaverse and the you know, we can have windows to each of these different places. Like you and I are two windows, but we could add more windows mm -hmm. um, to places. Anyways, those are some of my thoughts for. Yeah, it makes you wonder if that uh, Wright Patterson thing, you know, was basically a form of censorship there. You know, you and I have talked about, you know, uh, chat GPT and search engines seem to be uh, censoring some things versus others and reusing old content, right? um i definitely that seems like 
some external censorship there for some reason. Yeah. Well, and it just, it's information, you know, if something is, you know, if a chat GPT or a uh, large language model is resisting going to some topics, that's, that teaches us something about whoever's on control of the other side. If, if there is literally terror at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base of having 10 geeky UFO, you know, ufologists <laughs> in a hotel next to their uh, they're so afraid of that that they will like pull maneuvers to block it makes me want to go there more and, and it like and it also just tells you it's like you know everyone in congress that is uh still downplaying aliens and ufos it tells you about them it tells you where they are what they believe i mean oh and we also gotta mention the republican debate happened and the a ufo question was asked oh i missed it what yeah, you want me to just queue it up and play it? Yeah, I'd love to hear that. I didn't hear that at all. I went to go do some dinner stuff. Oh. <laughs> all right, let me queue it up for Oh, of course it would happen right when I left, right? Oh. Oh my goodness. It's Chris Christie that got the question. <laughs> yeah. Let me see, uh, make sure I share this. Uh, I think I got it, share sound, share. Steve, do you believe that the recent spike in UFO encounters? Oh. <laughs> I get the UFO question? Is, yeah, you do. Come on, there man. You go. <laughs> but, okay, we've been hearing a lot of We've been hearing a lot of testimony in Congress, and people are taking this a lot more seriously. And we're hearing that, you know, there are things going on that people aren't aware of. So, if you were president, Governor Christie, would you level with the American people about what the government knows about these possible Look, Martha, and especially coming from a woman from New Jersey, <laughs> I, I think it's horrible that just because I'm from New Jersey, you asked me about unidentified flying objects <laughs> and Martians. Um, we're different, but we're not that different. Um, look, um, of course, the job of the President of the United States is to level with the American people about everything. The job of the President of the United States is to stand for truth. The job of the President of the United States is to be a role model for our children and our grandchildren. And so whether it was UFOs or this problem of education, and Tim's right, by the way, and I started this in 2010 by going right after the teachers unions in New Jersey and drove them down to an all-time low popularity rating because they were putting themselves before our kids. That is the biggest threat to our country, not UFOs. Okay. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Hey. Duh, what a cop out. <laughs> Distract yeah, to a topic that he likes. <laughs> <laughs> that is the uh, that is the first time that I uh, listened to that, like from beginning to end, really carefully. Can we? Can I just play one more bit of that again? Sure, sure. I love the. I got the UFO question right. Yeah. Like obviously they had been prepared. <laughs> Let's see. No, it's not, oh, it's not loading. Come on, internet hamsters, you can do it. <laughs> oh, 
something's happening. I, I think it's horrible that just because I'm from New Jersey, you asked me about unidentified flying objects <laughs> and Martians. Um, we're different, but we're not that different. Um, look, um, of course, the job of the President of the United States is to level with the American people about everything. The job of the President of the United States is to stand for truth. The job of the President of the United States is to be a role model for our children and our grandchildren. And so whether it was UFOs or this problem of education, and Tim's right, by the way, and I started... Anyway, so he kind of actually weakens it by starting to talk about the education stupid part. Yeah. But the gist of the answer was actually really strong and powerful truth yep and he was saying what i i don't know that there's another answer they can give i mean that's great i think he really set the i mean i mean he didn't set the stage for how important it is but his joking about it wasn't that aggressive and the and the reporter she still ask the really appropriate good question they all need mm -hmm. to answer that you know it's like and in a way you got to be chomping at the bit to get to answer it's a, it's such a slam dunk answer yes we need to level appropriately without like unduly harming the u.s by revealing any super super secret technology we have but um that was actually a pretty good answer I would have liked to hear something about accountability within our government, but but saying that he would share the truth is at least a start, right? Yeah, I would have just liked everyone else to have to answer. I was like, yeah. hey, we yeah. got 10 minutes, please. Take turns. Next. <laughs> I want to hear everyone. And if you all are going to just try to do a joke and then try to have a decent line or at some point, like... What's your answer to David Fravor, who says that Tic Tac thing he flew could kill anyone on Earth if it wanted to? You could do nothing about it. It's a decorated Marine. Please give us your answer without a joke. Or if you want to joke about how easy it is for the Tic Tac aliens to kill any human on Earth because you just find it funny, that's fine if that's the type of leader you are. But we actually need to know, are you going to be able to defend us if the jinn have flying, you know, saucers that could kill any person and they happen to be aligned with Russia because we need to know, are the aliens aligned with Russia or China or North Korea? My suspicions are North Korea might literally be controlled by aliens because it's a pure, pure, you know, uh, theological monarchy. Not to mention maybe some other countries. But... Yeah, it seems like, why would they bother with North Korea? It, you know, North Korea is so disconnected from everything else, right? Well, I, my theory is that there really were aliens involved in World War II. Mm -hmm. And there were some in uh, Germany and there were some in Japan. That's why those two countries actually aligned. And so when Japan surrendered, those aliens, they had to go somewhere. And they, I think North Korea was their Vatican City. That is where they they took North Korea and they, every alien. I mean, maybe these jinn can control brains. They literally like, you know, they go from they go inside your brain somehow. And so they just needed to migrate into some brains somewhere. So they North Korea could be where they are. So it's like it could be North Korea. And then the other place could be the Vatican because the Vatican 
has survived through every I I think watch this amazing thing about the sack of Rome and how the learned some fascinating details about it, but how the Pope never got he never got killed. You know, it's like if you know if you're if you can get your entire city sacked, but you still get to sit in a fortress and eat, you know, filet mignon every day, it it's just the stakes for you are not the same. If you through thousands and thousands of years know your entire city, uh so there, there could have been aliens literally held up in the Pope and in the Cardinals and in Vatican City for thousands of years, unmolested by humans. And they could have been, you know, they could have come out, tried to take over Germany, and then retreated back into the Vatican after World War II. Anyways, just theories. Well, it does seem like uh, historically there's always been this fear about the weak-minded being controlled by outside forces and that that even goes into you know what I talked about last time with uh, politics and and the fear of the nobility and 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 power letting the common people vote right um yeah it it is interesting that there there's kind of this uh overarching cultural fear of that, that the masses would be mind controlled, right? Yeah. Um, Ooh, anyways. A, oh, yeah. Else, do you want to talk about anything else? I have one of this thing I could, mm, well, or we could talk about it next time. We could talk about the trillionaire risk board. Um, is it long or is it short? We should probably be wrapping up for today, but uh, well, I'm just like perfecting the trillionaire risk board to be able to show all major players in the game of life. So anyways, I'll like uh, post that uh, with I'll release it with the show. Um, just an image of it. Oh, good. Oh, oh, like updated image of the board. Yeah. I'd love to see that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Shall we wrap up? We did a sure. call to action. Uh, what did we decide our call to action was? Today? I would say why don't you try meditating for if you want to just like check inside your brain to see if there's any telepathic aliens trying to talk in there and just Let try us for know. 15 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Try to try to sit for 15 minutes, listen in your brain and uh, know that you can actually tell things to get out of your brain. You have the right um don't be bullied inside your own brain. How about that? That's like don't oh, be afraid like of the truth. Don't be bullied in your own brain. Don't be bullied in your own brain. Um yeah, try try meditating um, and let us know. You can respond to Meditation Matt on Twitter or X, whatever we're calling it now. Um, and come back for next week uh, on August 29th. Uh, we'll be having another podcast. We want to give a special thanks to uh, Ofeker on our Twitter space for coming out today and talking. Um, love to have more people join us in the Twitter space and uh, tell us what you think and feel. Um, and don't be afraid of the truth. Turn into the afternoon Feel the truth that is slipping away Don't believe it's coming back soon
The secret's not in Congress Or elected ones we trust In private hands it dwells Do you know all each other?